Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Belpitz, and welcome back to the Day of Pentecost for the week of May 28th, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited because I'm very confident we have never talked about the subject that we're going to talk about this week. I think it's kind of a interesting topic in and of itself to be talking about, especially with it being the Day of Pentecost. And I think, again, it's a topic that as I dug into it a little bit more and looked into it further, I found it really interesting. I think there's some really interesting tie-ins and in seeing how how we understand texts, especially when we're looking at Pentecost and looking at the coming of the Holy Spirit, and what scientifically happens with certain things. There's some really interesting correlations that maybe we're stretching a little bit, but also just at least understanding how the stuff works. And then being able to maybe put two and two together makes for some interesting things to look at. But before we jump into that, we need to look back on last week's question, which was, where do we need to take a leap of faith out of the water and onto land? And I think it's this idea of recognizing that God is always in charge and that constant of change then is going to happen because God is in charge, causing us to grow and evolve. And this was kind of coming out of one of our loyal listeners. And I think that's a really important thing that we often kind of forget about. And especially as we're looking at this day of Pentecost, that we are called to continue to grow and evolve and change. No matter how scary that may be, how much the world around us is changing as well, which sometimes can be scary in and of itself, I think it's also the idea that as change is happening, as we are growing and evolving with this change, recognizing that God is still in charge and is willing and able to kind of control what is going on with it. So let's just jump into it. And the complicated thing this week is we have a reading from Acts that will either be used as the first reading or or the second reading. There's no way of getting around it. It's the question of if they want to use the numbers text or if they want to use the 1 Corinthians text. So let's get it off right at the beginning here. The Acts reading is from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21. This is the telling of the Holy Spirit coming. So the day of Pentecost, all these people are gathered together. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house in which everyone was sitting. There was a dividing of tongues as fire among them resting upon all these people. People of all these different languages speaking in their native tongue hearing it, even though they were speaking in whatever their native tongue was. So being able to hear across language boundaries, people are amazed and perplexed. And what does this all mean? And this is where Peter stands up in verse 24, recognizing that, no, we're not drunk because it's only nine in the morning. But this is what the Lord has declared, that the spirit will come upon us and that this is going to lead us into being different disciples of the Lord and what has been promised beforehand, causing us to be closer knit together. So as we kind of states here, we'll even pick it up here in verse 17. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days 
I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portions in heaven above and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This idea of this is the beginning of what has been promised and the beginning of the end, though this has been going on for 2,000 years, and we have to remember God's timelines and our timelines are much different, but the beginning of God investing in us in a way that's much more personal, that it's being embedded within us. See, the alternative Old Testament reading then is from Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 to 30. This is giving the impression then of the Holy Spirit coming as wisdom, as a cloud with Moses, with some of the elders, and how it is being rested upon them. How they have the Holy Spirit resting upon some of the elders, and they are prophesying. Joshua then goes and tells Moses about this. Moses says, this isn't something to be concerned about. The Spirit of the Lord can be upon multiple people. The psalm that goes with this this week is Psalm 104, verses 24 to 34 and 35b. This is this recognition of the wisdom that God does have. Again, recognizing now as the Holy Spirit being able to help give us direction. And in doing that, recognizing all the things that God has done, recognizing all the crazy things that God has done, but yet God still has this desire for us to praise him by recognizing the wisdom that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. And that in doing that and in recognizing that God is doing that, it embodies this praise that we are giving, this everlasting praise. So the alternative second reading then is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3b through 13. This is then explaining a little bit more of what the Holy Spirit is. And it starts right off here in verse 3b. No one can say Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. And then recognizing the different gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving us and in recognizing that each of us has then different gifts because of that, but that we are then all part of this one body, that then as a body, then we are able to work in the way that Christ has designed us to work in one fellow unit instead of individuals, but as members of something much greater. Honestly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is one of my favorite passages and texts within all of scripture. So I think it's just awesome to have it here. There are alternative gospels this week, both coming out of John. So one of them is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. This is then where Jesus is appearing to the disciples after the resurrection without Thomas. So this is... They're all in the house. They're locked. They're fearful. Jesus appears, says, peace be with you. He shows them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples rejoice that they're seeing the Lord. Jesus again says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I have sent you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That is that text. 
The other alternative gospel is from John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. So this is a little bit earlier in the text. And Jesus is again standing with his disciples and cry out, Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and let those who believe in me drink. As the scripture says, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he had said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive. As yet there was no spirit because Jesus had not been glorified. So again, getting a little bit of John's theology in there, but also kind of trying to show and foretell a little bit more of what is this supposed to be, this living water, this something that is forever flowing through us. So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brainwaves podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction for this podcast. It's super helpful. And if you haven't checked it out before, I'd highly recommend it. There's a lot of great resources over there. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. This is a great resource. Again, as I've talked about before, just having the richness of art, the hymns, the liturgical colors, prayers, there is so much over there for us to be able to look at and utilize and even get you prepared for the next week. So if you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and Green Blades Rising Publications. Both of these are great, especially if you're looking at trying to figure out and have commentaries to help you discuss climate change and environmental issues in your preaching. I would highly recommend signing up for these. And there's some great ecological echoes, implications, urgencies to bring into your weekly preaching, along with being able to hear about some different events that are going on. So if you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend that. Finally, I'd also highly recommend checking out Gus Davis Academy for Faith, Science, and Ethics, where it brings high school students from across the country alongside the top scientists, theologians, and activists at the intersections of faith and science. They work together to find solutions to some of the world's most pressing challenges. While having fun, they will also be in a space that's creating an open and non-judgmental space for questions and community. Think Bible camp for teens who are excited about science and justice. This summer, they're so excited to be looking at exploring insects, climate change, and the interconnectedness of creation. Academy Fellows will be invited to do a deep dive into the growing impact on bugs on the environment, the land in which we live on, and the food we eat, and more. Experiencing hands-on learning in ecology and theology, discovering how faith and science can work together hand-in-hand to create a much more beautiful future for our planet. I will be there this summer. I'm really looking forward to being there. Sign up is still available, and I'd highly recommend checking it out. It's in St. Peter, Minnesota, and it's from June 17th through the 23rd, 2023. I hope and look forward to seeing you there because hopefully we can grab a coffee and talk about some things. I think one of the things we have to look at this week and think about this week is we always picture the Holy Spirit as wind. Because here in Acts 2, it is presented as a violent wind that filled the entire house in which they were sitting. What is wind? 
It's something that's an invisible force to us, but yet we can feel it. It's not seen except for the things flying through, being carried along like a current in the ocean, but yet it's there. And I think, especially this week, as we are looking at this and thinking about this, as I dove into how does wind happen, I found some interesting things. So first, we have to understand that our Earth is fairly large. There is a lot of different types of environments in which we are experiencing, right? There is mountains, there are deserts, there are high places, there are low places, there are moist areas, there are dry places. And in doing that, as the sun is putting its photons of light onto this planet, not everything is warmed at the same rate. Not everything is warmed at the same rate. So, thus, why a desert is going to warm up very quickly and get very arid and very dry, but yet at the same longitude, if we go across, if we get over toward like the Gulf of Mexico compared to like Phoenix, Arizona, it's much moister, there's a lot more There's more humidity within the air, and yet in certain ways it feels less arid and it won't get as warm, even though it's on the same longitudinal line. The air is warming up differently. Now, in doing that, based on that the world is warming up at different temperatures and based on that we have a curved globe and the Earth can't be at the same amount of photons of light on the whole thing at the same time and that it's spinning, right? That we have spots that are in darkness and spots that are in light at different parts of the days. There is constantly this motion that is happening as the world is trying to get to an equilibrium that they're trying to have where... Everything is the same across the board. But like we stated, that doesn't always happen that way. So then you get low-pressure systems and high-pressure systems. So a low-pressure system is where the air has warmed up well, and thus it has the particles within the air. So the nitrogen, the oxygen, the particles, the water vapor are getting excited because they're having more energy put in through the photons of light. They're accelerating. They're bouncing off each other, thus getting further and further apart, thus rising up. We have to remember that we are under pressure all the time. Because of our atmosphere, we constantly have air pressure on us. But in that circumstance where things are warming up, We're getting a natural low pressure system because the excitement has gotten them further and further apart so that they can rise, which allows for other things to come in. So low pressure systems typically have more storms. Storms typically follow low pressure systems, typically. High pressure systems are the complete opposite. It's usually colder. They're typically then coming together, and thus it's sinking down, thus creating actually more pressure on us physically, and it's negligible. We as humans don't do a good job with feeling this biometric pressure change, but a lot of other species of animals do feel this pressure change, and thus that pressure change where it's becoming higher, the clouds part and it's typically sunnier days but it's often cooler coming from a high-pressure system. So this is much more like the Arctic compared to low-pressure systems being around the equator. 
And actually, I'll attach a really good video from Crash Course in here talking about how wind works, but how there are multiple zones that we have. So yes, we have the equatorial low right across the middle of the Earth, right around the equator. Thus, because we're having all these low pressure systems, there isn't a lot of wind there. And then we have the polar highs at the poles, because again, it's cold, the air is coming together and it's creating this high pressure system pushing that air through. Well, then in that, because of the way that the earth is turning, the centrifugal force that it's causing, along with then the high pressure systems wanting to move to low pressure systems, and the low pressure systems trying to move to high pressure systems, you have the natural air movement. So there's like subpolar lows, the subtropical highs that are in between as these air is trying to get to these spots that are more equilibrium, trying to get the earth to an equilibrium spot. And sailors in the past actually had these spots where they kind of hit where suddenly they couldn't really move for a few days because the equilibrium had kind of been hit and there wasn't a lot of wind moving through at that moment. What does this all mean in regards to Christ and the Holy Spirit? I find this fascinating. If we think about Christ's death and his ascension, and if he was ascending up, it's very similar to like a low pressure system, but look what it's doing also to the disciples. The disciples, as we talked about last week, are a little bit in the state of confusion, the state of what now? Where do we go? It's like a storm has come. It's this storm of we got to come together, we got to figure this out, because a lot of things are changing around us. Suddenly we get this rush of a violent wind, something coming like a high pressure system coming in. So it's filling this void, coming from above, the condensing, bringing the air low because it's condensing together to fill a place. So this high pressure system coming in to inspire and fill these people with something new, the Holy Spirit. And to me, I just find it, it's kind of interesting that, okay, we have the ascension of Jesus and this idea of Jesus ascending out of this world and the storms that that caused and what does this all mean? And suddenly then we have this new coming from God, the Holy Spirit as a violent wind, like this high pressure system, something coming from above to fill us in, to break up the cloudy skies, to usher in these bright sunny days especially like with me being in northern minnesota one of the things that you learn especially in the winter time on a bright sunny day can sometimes be some of the coldest days of the year because there's nothing to hold in that heat it's super cold but yet here is this gift in a way that it's breaking up all these clouds. It's breaking up a lot of this confusion because now it's the Holy Spirit being embedded within us. And as we hear in like 1 Corinthians that this changes how we interact, that it's the Holy Spirit working within us to be able to make these bold statements such as Jesus is Lord. And what does that mean that as each of us then have these gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to interact as the body together. 
It helps us to understand such as John chapter 7, where the Holy Spirit gets looked at as living water, this thing that keeps refreshing us because it's in us. That's why Jesus would come back and reiterate in John 20 to receive the Holy Spirit, give you this thing that is going to sustain you, to get you deeper. The praise that comes from that as we recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing for us And even as it was foretold in the Numbers text, that the Holy Spirit isn't going to just be on one person. It's going to be on multiple people. I think it's also really interesting when we're thinking about wind and how it's moving from low-pressure systems and the high-pressure systems are coming in to try to get to a state of equilibrium. As Jesus has left the area, the Holy Spirit is trying to come in to that area. It almost makes it appear like what we should be doing as Christians, going to those places where Jesus has seemed to leave the building. And it's not only that we're going to boldly use the name of Christ within those situations, but recognizing that we are being called into those situations. That we are called into those situations to help bring equilibrium into those spaces, not to just have this low pressure system sit there. It's funny, especially as I've the last few months have gotten into a couple different weather channels on YouTube and watching them and learning about weather. Weather can stay put for a while, but it can't stay there forever. At some point, something is going to push it through. The energy that was within the cell is eventually going to die off and get moved out. And especially as the world keeps spinning, it keeps moving. And I think that's where... The Holy Spirit coming in as a rushing, violent wind also is an indicator to us to keep moving. It's not something that just stands still. It's something that we need to keep working and evolving in ourselves. It's also the idea that we shouldn't just be staying put. There's a moment within our own lives that we are challenged to go forward, and it leaves us into like what we talked about last week, taking that leap of faith out of everything that we've known. The Holy Spirit coming within us changed the game forever because now God is within us. There's no escaping it. Now what it is is to go and share that, to go and live your life in a way that people ask why so that you can be able to talk about this. The world is working toward trying to be at equilibrium. And in certain spots, it hits it decently well. But there are also times that there is constant movement because it's hard work. Is the world ever going to get to a spot where there is no movement of wind at all on the planet? I would be very surprised because, again, we're dealing with the difference between vegetation and water and elevation and all these different factors to try to have things warm equally so that there is no breeze is near impossible. But yet the earth still tries. I think in a lot of ways, it's something that we have to remember ourselves is even though it seems impossible, it's still worth a try. And what do we know of plants? Plants are strengthened through the wind. Plants are strengthened through this force that is pushing against them at in a consistent motion, but not always at a consistent speed. That It varies, and that builds it up. Boy, does that sound like faith to me. 
Boy, does it make sense that the Holy Spirit, Lady Wisdom, is looked at as a wind. Because our faith grows in leaps and bounds at certain times, and there are certain times where it's still. There are certain times where we feel like we are getting pushed to our limit, and there are other days that it is a light and gentle breeze, and it's nothing that we can't overcome. And there are still days where it is calm, or the calm before the storm that we know is coming. We have all experienced those moments, and faith is the same way. To have the idea that our faith is like a high-pressure system and this air is coming in to try to equalize, trying to mix, to blend, to get everything on the same page, no matter how difficult, I think is inspiring. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. I think then we are plants that get strengthened by this wind. And we grow and change because of this wind. But unlike plants, we get carried like the seed where we need to be taken. And sometimes we take a break, but it also strengthens us. So it's, it's a hard, complex relationship that we have with the wind. So my question that I have for us this week is, where do we need to be strengthened by the wind? Where do we need to be strengthened by the wind? Because if we are going to boldly speak that Jesus is Lord and recognize that the Holy Spirit is within us and is allowing us to say that, there are also moments that I know that we struggle to say that. There are also moments that we struggle to be pushed where the Holy Spirit is pushing us to go. And when do we recognize in those times and in those places that that is the Holy Spirit telling us, I'm needing you to go there even though it seems hard. Or the Holy Spirit saying, you're trying too hard to make something happen that I'm not wanting you to be in. I'm needing you to go this direction. It's hard to be able to recognize that and work through that. It takes time. But I think it's so vital for our faith. And I think it is so important that we take the time to really recognize and give the Holy Spirit, give Lady Wisdom her due. Recognize that It is possible to have doldrums. Doldrums are the areas that we talked about, the bands where the winds calm down. When they hit equilibrium, equatorial low, the subtropical highs, the subpolar lows, the polar highs where it hits at equilibrium and the winds actually don't blow as very much there because they hit those equilibriums. But the winds in between those can be fierce powerful winds. And a lot of mariners and world explorers use these winds to be able to go to the different places and return home. Wind is a powerful tool. The Holy Spirit is a powerful tool. And I think it's one of those things that in order for us to really grow and be who we're called to be within this faith life, especially in the part of faith that we are in this holy spirit age i think you could say we need to be able to tap into that we need to be able to listen to it and let it guide us where we need to be just like the winds moving and moving toward equilibrium realizing that there's going to be moments where it's not and there's hopefully a moment where they get to it where it is and at some point things will change and they have to move again i think that's where recognizing that those moments when we are right there with the Holy Spirit are sacred moments, but also recognize just like the wind that we aren't always going to be there forever. 
There's going to be moments where the Holy Spirit is calling us and pushing us to move, even if we don't want to. But that's what winds do. Winds go and find the spots to create equilibriums. But they still have to blow, and potentially hard depending on temperature also, to get to those equilibriums. And that takes time. But we'll get there. We'll get there. And that's a good thing. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.